cliffcentral.com. Cliffcentral.com on a Thursday morning means the burning platform. It's our chance to catch up on all the important events that are going on in the nation. And of course, this is an election month. It's an election year. We're looking at the municipal and local elections, which is a big deal because that's where service delivery happens. Pumi and I have been speaking to a number of people over the last few weeks. And we have uh, we've tried to give you a broad range of parties. I will tell you again, we have been trying in any and every way we can to get the EFF and the ANC to come and join us on, on both fronts. We have just hit a brick wall, uh, particularly with the ANC. The EFF haven't exactly told us they don't want to, but they haven't been making it easy for us. The ANC have just shown no interest. I, I've, I've tried uh, with mayoral candidates in Johannesburg, with people in Etekwini, with people in the Western Cape, with people all over other parts of the country too, and I'm not having a whole lot of luck with the ANC, but I want you to know I'm going to keep trying because as the majority party in the country, I think it's outrageous that they don't come on and explain themselves ahead of an election where actually there's quite a lot in the balance. Yeah, just shake your head, Pums, but I don't know what it is. They, I think they, they feel like they don't need to explain themselves. Or all they're going to do, um, as I saw a, me- a member of, of the ANC who was standing for mayor of PE on TV last night, I saw her saying, sorry, 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 we apologize, we apologize, we apologize. They don't have anything else to say. So maybe that's part of the problem. So. It's, it's hectic out there, people. Yeah, but I mean, you know, you've got a campaign, even if you've got very little to campaign on. Otherwise, how do people even know what they're voting for? And do this, you, though? This do morning, you, though? Yeah, this morning I'm pleased because we've got uh, two people on. We've we've had Herman Mashaba on before, but I always love to see Makwasi Kwasa. She's actually going to be the mayoral candidate for Action SA in Etekwini, a municipality that has been rocked by some pretty awful mayors in the last while. And we'll find out from uh, Dr. Makwasi Kwasa what she has to say. Hello, Dr. Makwasi Kwasa. How are you? Hey, hi, Cliff. Kaikar and, and thank you very me. Much for um, it, it's very nice to have you on, and it's good to see you. You uh, you seem to be uh, at work and and hard at action in in uh, Dekwini and in KZN generally campaigning for Action SA. Are you well? Yes, I am well. I am well, and I'm and I'm up to the challenge. I'm happy to hear it. We need we need some people doing the heavy lifting in KZN. It's not as if it's been good for the people of, of Durban recently. It's been very, very difficult for them in the last few years. Absolutely. So, Dr. Koza, while we wait for our other guest this morning, Colleen Makubele, who is the COPE representative for um, Johannesburg, and she's running for mayor of Johannesburg, tell us about what your plans are for Etekwini and, and why you decided to run in that municipality and, and what you think needs to be done, what the priorities are. You know, first of all, we have to all understand that local government is about basic services. It's, it is the sum total of life. And basically, if we are not going to address the challenges of water, uh, in Etekwini, we have a situation where we lose 54% of water. And um, that 54%, somebody has to pay for it. And it does affect the billing issues. 
But over and above that, we have quite a number of communities that don't have water at all. And some of the water is, a lot of water is lost through uh, best water pipes mm. and um, poor maintenance of the infrastructure that we have in Deben. There has been no effective plan, yeah, infrastructure plan for water. But the second thing that we also have a big challenge with is obviously all cities have the same problem of energy. Energy is a big problem to all of us. Um, and as Etiquini, we wanted to ensure that, you know, we grow the businesses that are there. We create a conducive environment for growth. But you are not going to be able to do that if you have unreliable energy sources, like ESCOM has completely collapsed, as you know. Yeah. And we've been, yesterday alone, we, I experienced three load sheddings in one day for two hours each. So six hours in total that I experienced in Deben yesterday during the campaign. So I'm just saying to you, unless we fix those things, as HSA, we are very clear, we are going ahead with exploring alternative energy sources and we have a maintenance plan. And the other thing that is very important that many people don't realize about corruption is that you know, most of the services, even basic everyday services, such as having a plumber in on site who is going to run and actually fix that pipe that is bursting. Um, you know, we, we go on tender. During that process, you go on tender. What happens? The water keeps on running. Mm. So that is why we are saying we are going to insource the core services, waste management is an everyday issue. Etequini yeah. is filthy. Mm. It's crazy because it's the largest um, domestic uh, tourism capital in South Africa. I mean, we come, I- Cape Town is for your international tourists primarily, but Etequini is, is, that is your hub of, econ- of, 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 of domestic tourism. Now with, Dead, crime, you know, unsafe areas and so forth, dilapidated, uh, abandoned buildings. Mm. We've got to sort that out. And we are saying as Action SA, we wanted to utilize these abandoned, dilapidated buildings to offer a new kind of social housing that is going to be for rental because a lot of people that are coming to Etequini are people that are coming from rural areas and they don't necessarily want you to own that four-roomed house, you know, RTP house, you know, and, and again, we have a, a shortage or a serious shortage of land. Mm. And if you are not going to deal with that, there is no way you are going to address the, the housing backlog that we have. If you don't go up, we have to, to start experimenting so, with high-rise buildings. Uh, uh, Pumi and I always say that the, the local and, and municipal elections are not the, that's not the sexy side of politics. As you put at the beginning of your, of your, your, your discussion here this morning, you said it's, this is about service delivery. So it's not, you know, the promises and the stuff that we usually see. Uh, you you actually have to deliver in, in this case. And obviously, Action SA, we don't really know whether you guys can or not because you haven't been tested in KZN yet. Um, so many people may be reticent. How do you address those people? Well, you have to understand that you are talking to one of the top local government specialists in the country. 
My PhD is on total quality management systems, specializing on development and local government in South Africa. And for your own information, I'm the former CEO of the Wazulu Natal Local Government Association. And people of Wazulu Natal will tell you about some of the innovative programs that I introduced, like the Guanaloka Games, you know, because we're trying to, you know, um, to, 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 we're trying to reduce the social distance between mayors and the youth mm. because Currently, the mayors are very much up there and the youth is right down there because we wanted them to be part of local government and understand, you know, that it is very important for them to be active instead of experimenting with social ills, you know, drugs and so forth. Right. So um, I, I'm saying to you, I've been there. I was also the deputy mayor of Maritzburg mm. when I was 26 years old. And um, I bring that wealth of experience and I've studied local government in Brisbane uh, as my case study, you know, and that's a top uh, quality system city. Right. And um, I've, I've studied Memphis and um, and I'm, I've been to quite a number of, 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 of cities around the world, even in Tokyo, you know, and they are very, very hard or they are very, very good with, with total quality, uh, the application of total quality okay. management no, systems. No, I, I, in- I appreciate that because, you know, a lot <laughs> Go, go ahead, Pums. I do want to bring Colleen in uh, in just a minute. I see she's joined us. But Pumi, you've got a question from, from Makwasi? No, Dr. Kwasi, you know, the thing that I'm extremely fascinated about is you, you speak about the experience that you've had in local government, particularly in the KZN area with your experience in Peter Marisburg. And as a small party, which is what Action SA will be, a challenger party in KZN, how do you think you're going to make a difference in a system that has already been in play and which is where the rot has begun, is the system that you've come out of? How do you think you're going to make a difference in that system as a small party? You know, I, I think we should not be uh, uh, reducing some parties as small because I really do believe that um, South Africans are really looking for an alternative. They've been stuck with the ANC for a very long time. And what we are getting on the ground, we are getting overwhelming support. I mean, I've been to Umlazi, I've been to most of the 528 informal settlements that we have in Devon. I've been to suburbs in Umshanga, in, De- in, in, in Hillcrest, and everywhere. And what we are seeing, we, 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 what we are observing, people want to change and they want tight and tested leaders. As you know, in Etebwini, it's literally a mafia state. In the last few years, in Umlazi alone, over 20, over 20 councillors were gunned down. You know, and um, you kind of need the people that are going there, understanding the dynamics of that municipality and understanding that corruption is deadly in this part of the of the of the country. And 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 make sure that you put those systems in place that are going to be protecting whistleblowers as well. So people are really confident in that they are going to be voting for us. But obviously, we have to wait for that. But should we be expecting? to go into coalition with other governments, we would, with other political parties, we would be willing to do so. However, we won't relinquish our responsibility of performing effective oversight over whoever that would have won the elections. 
Mm. Should we not win outright, we will make sure that we perform effective oversight because what is lacking in South Africa is transparency and accountability. I mean, you know, I mean, right now we are running for local government elections, but the posters that you see in Deben, apart from the poster of myself as the SM board is running for mayor, is the poster of President Cyril Ramaphosa. Cyril Ramaphosa is not running for, for a Tequini. Why is this poster there? Julius Malema is not running for local government in, for, for Etebini municipality. Why is this poster there? Chief Mangosu Tubitelezi is there as well. So I'm just saying to you that there is no transparency and accountability. And it starts during the campaign process. Mm-hmm. Because actually what you are doing, Do- Dr. Kaza, you are saying to people, we-, we will only give you your mayor once you have elected us. Yeah. Why are you not... Yeah, I mean, we, we don't know who the ANC's candidate is yet for Itaguini, do we? We don't. No. I don't know whether President, maybe President Sir Ramaphosa is going to come to Devon. <laughs> I, I, I don't know because that's the only mm. person that I've seen telling us that we can build a better tomorrow. Right. Mm. Let me let me go to Colleen Makubele, who is standing as Cope's Joburg mayoral candidate. Colleen, it's very nice to have you on the show for the first time. And it's good to have someone from COPE on. A lot of people, and I don't mean this in any disrespectful way, a lot of people want to know why, you know, COPE is even still a thing and, and whether or not you've got, you've got a chance of making a difference. I don't want to be rude to you. I want to give you a chance to explain your position and what you are planning to do in a, in a city that's very hotly contested at the moment. So welcome. Thank you, Gareth. Thank you, Pumi, and good morning to the listeners and the viewers, and good morning to uh, Mawa Ma'e, or Action Essay as well. Yeah, boy. Good. So, COP is still a thing, Gareth. I like that. <laughs> Sorry. It's what, you know, I can't, I can't just, no, 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 uh, no. that's what people are thinking, and I'm, I'm just, I'm thrilled I've to see that. Worse. Yeah. Well, that can be very Why am I with COP and all of this? <laughs> yes, Ma, you wanted to say something. <laughs> But Gareth, let me tell you, COPE is still a party, not just a thing. It's a party that is in existence, the party that has a brand of credibility, of uh, reliability. It's a brand that has suffered over the last few years from, um, you know, what typical any organization that wants to turn itself around suffers from, um, infighting and people um, leaving the party because of different ambitions, different visions and interests. And the leadership of COPE was very, very very clear to say uh, we have to reinvent ourselves because we hear what people are saying out there. I've been listening very closely to what Mankosa um, was saying, and I, I can concur with most of what she, she said. People are out there are hungry for an alternative. They want a party that will be reliable, incorruptible, that will be accountable, and not even a party. They are looking for the people, the who is in that party, who is the leader, who is at the helm of it. And COPE has gone back to say, look, we understand people are crying. We cannot take them for granted like the governing party is doing. Let us now re-innovate ourselves, re-page ourselves of anyone who does not stand for a, a, a kind of seventh leaders that COPE wants, kind of a vision that COPE wants to do when it governs. And I think one of the learning curves was when COPE went into a coalition government and they began to understand how they 
the, the governing party works and, and the road and the issues that are in there and the type of people that are living there, the councillors, etc. And hence, COPE then is coming back to say, now we have patched ourselves. Now we are recruiting people that are professionals, that are competent, have some level of skill that can sit in. Because council is the board of a municipality. Imagine the board of the city of Joburg. And people cannot even read financials. You can't even have a, yeah. a, a fruitful meeting for it for two hours. It's a waste of money, waste of uh, 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 resources, and also it really undermines the citizens of the country. So COP is recruited and they have approached us to say, look, we understand these metros that we want to contest. These are the needs. We're looking for people that are fit for purpose. People have the right skills, the right qualifications, but that will not only be accountable to a party and the committee, but they are accountable to professional bodies. And we are, for example, myself, like Ma was saying, I've got a PhD, I'm a CFA charter holder, I belong to the Institute of Directors SA. If I go and mess up, first and foremost, I'm destroying my career that I've been building for the past 20 years. So I have a lot to lose by standing for this position. It's not because I have nothing else to do, but it's because of the passion that I have in, uh, to, to really turn around things in Joburg. I see where, where things are going wrong. I'm raising my hand to say, I want to make a difference. I don't want to just complain on the sidelines and, you know, uh, make jokes and, and, and be despondent and despair like everybody else. Let my children look back in 10 years' time and say, Mommy tried, you know, and that's why I'm standing and that's why I'm with COPE. And what, what, do, what would you say your strategy, because coalition is the most likely thing. I mean, that's the way that the governing system is is put together. You know, when you think about proportional representation, very likely you're going to see a very diminished ANC, but you're definitely going to see coalitions across the board. I think in a lot of the, of the uh, main metros, you're going to see coalitions. So what's the strategy of dealing with that coalition to be able to achieve what you want to achieve? Um. We, we have had good learnings um, with the previous coalitions, and we know what really fundamentally goes wrong when it comes to coalitions. And um, it starts with the principle of what is the vision, and the key is who are you putting to be in that coalition, to lead that coalition. The reason things fail is because you put the wrong people that are going to drive narrow party agenda, not the vision of the collective coalition that serves the people. And hence, you then become, there is this tension of pulling, you want to report to Lutuli House, you want, we don't report, we report to the citizens of Jobek. If a party can, wants to, co to correlate with us because it's a partnership and we believe in partnerships. Even building Joburg, we have to get partnerships, whether private, etc. So we must learn to, to, to partner with uh, political parties or private sector, women, youth, whatever. But the fundamental basic principles must be aligned. We are there to serve and we are going to put the right people that are fit for purpose, that know that they report to the public of South Africa, they are accountable to the greater good, but not to a particular party in, in terms of what they want to achieve under the table. That we are not prepared to, co to correlate with. Hmm. Yeah, these, these coalitions are very complicated, and I think a lot of lessons have been learned by all sides in, in this situation. What are, your, what are your predictions, though, um, Dr. Kwasa? What do, you, what do you think is going to happen in Etekwini? Because it's highly unlikely that you will sweep the board and get like 50 plus one in, in Etekwini. But even 
you know, if you, if you make a good showing, you'll still have to work with other people. Who are you not prepared to work with and who are you be, uh, prepared to work with? Not just in terms of parties, but in terms of, of what Colleen's talking about here. The people who you think are coming to the table as honest negotiators and the people who you just don't trust. Yeah, basically what we have in Etewin is that right now the ANC is sitting on at 50, 56%. It lost, um, it came down from 62% in the last election. Hmm. And we know that um, the polls currently are saying the ANC is going to lose more than 8% of its support in Etewin. Wow. So, I mean, we have to be realistic. Coalitions are going to be with us for a while as, uh, as citizens are trying to find the right people or the right party that can lead them outright. However, we are not prepared to work with the ANC. And there is a simple reason for that. The reason is that our view is that the ANC is rotten from top to bottom. And even the way they are not transparent, they've been a ruling party um, for a long time in Etiquini. I think they only ran, they only, only the IFP ran for one term from 1996. Uh, after that, it was just the ANC all the way. And our experience with the ANC is that it is not transparent. It is not willing to be held accountable. Hence, you were even making the claim. We were making those points that you are making earlier on, that they don't even want to come and tell South Africans what are they going to do differently. So that is why we are not going to be working with them. And but the how is that going to work, um, even if they lose, Dr. Kosi? Uh, even if they lose 8%, even if they lose 8%, they still have a very high margin, right? So they, how is it going to work when you say we are not prepared to work with an ANC in the coalition if they have such a high margin? Even if they're 30%, you would still need to work with them. Let me tell you, um, if I say we are not going to, to be in coalition with them, in other words, we are not going to allow the ANC to dictate terms to us. From a point of view of the fact that you might have people who are ward councillors who are representing the INC and they have their own constituencies that they have to respond to, that even we as, as, as councillors in Etequini will have to ensure that when we decide on our budget priorities, we, we take those uh, factors into account. So we are going to work with them from that point of view. But from the point of view of allowing the ANC to dictate terms to us, we are not going to. And let me tell you why I am saying so. Already I have been approached by some in the ANC who are saying, Makosi, listen, from the way things are going, and we know that you are going to be picking up a lot of votes from us. We are willing to support you to be the mayor, provided that you are going to give us infrastructure, to head infrastructure. Now, I'm very suspicious. The minute the ANC is telling you that they wanted to head the infrastructure, I'm getting worried because I know what they have done with the infrastructure in the first place. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm just thinking of the name Zandile Kumed, and uh, I, I wonder how much damage has been done in that particular municipality by that person. And, you know, the network that she had in operation there, we know about all those tenders and the criminal charges that were laid against her. It's a bit of a mess. Um, it's, this is a tough job. I asked your colleague Herman Mashaba yes. this when he was on the show a little while ago, Dr. Koza. And, you know, I said to him, why? And, and there are all sorts of 
altruistic re- reasons that he gave for running for mayor of Johannesburg and why would he put himself in this position when he doesn't have to. Durban is, is also a really tough place to, to try and fix. In fact, you could say it's much worse than Johannesburg in some ways. Um, to, to, to fix that problem is a nasty job. There's no credit. There's no love. There's no joy in it. It's pure hard work. Colleen, why would you want to start fixing Joburg by the same estimation? Look, Gareth, you know, um, we all arrived in Joburg for a purpose. All of us came to Joburg somehow, you know, and we came to Joburg for opportunities. We came to Joburg for jobs, uh, and Joburg was known for that. The glory of Joburg was the ability to provide opportunities. Infrastructure was impeccable, economic hub, you know, of, of, of the country and even of the continent, the gateway of the international world. Mm. Look at what is happening in Joburg right now. Everybody's running, uh, local uh, and international companies are running to Cape Town. We can't even provide basic internet, you know, in this day and age, 21st century. You know, never mind, I'm not even going to talk about water, electricity, because that's just a shame. And everywhere uh, where the city of Joburg is trying to provide services, it's in shambles. It affects me. You know, I can, I'm okay. I can get a job in the private sector and carry on with my life. My children go to a private school. But I've got cousins. I've got helpers. I've got people that I live. I don't live in a vacuum. If I don't make your, your space safe, if I don't provide an opportunity for you to get a job, tomorrow you're going to rape my child, hijack my child. You're going to find means to provide for your own children. And for me, I'm coming from that perspective to say it's not just about me being okay. It's about everybody being okay in a place called Johannesburg, where we all arrive from different areas. I remember as a growing up in Guyana, I come from Limpopo, Guyana, you know, um, people that used to come to Joburg. And at the time, my ambition was to go live in Shawel and Alex. I didn't even know there was Morningside and Midrand, etc. They would come home month end, happy, singing, pride, full of dignity, with, you know, these Machangan bags full of goods, full of clothes for their children, providing for their families in different uh, villages, etc. What is happening now is that our grandparents, our mothers in the villages in different provinces are sending money to graduates in Joburg. Mm. You know, when we went to uh, vets to talk to some of the students in UJ, it is so sad, the fear that they have to say, look, maybe we're wasting our time here. We should just go find a tender somewhere. We need political connections because that's how you make it here in this country. You know, they are afraid that they are going to be queuing for 350 grants when they finish their degrees. I don't want my son, when he finishes his uh, a degree, to go and queue for a 350 grant. Mm. You know, no. We have to do something about this country. We have to do something about the city of Jobek in particular. The economy must start to work. And if the economy works, we know that it can provide those opportunities inclusively. Youth, women, uh, uh, local, international, foreigners who are well-documented and legal, let us all have opportunities. We all came here for the same thing in Jobek. That's my reason for running. Will either of you work with the EFF? <laughs> Uh, like I said, you know, we want to know who, who it is in the EFF that we're going to be working with. I, like Marcos has said, we don't know who, what we don't know. You know, uh, if they're coming in with people that we feel are just going to drag us down, put our reputation at stake, they are not fit for purpose, we'll not be prepared to go into coalition with them. But if they raise proper candidates that have the right qualification, competencies, and we subscribe to the same vision of saving the city, yes, we will consider working with them.
Okay. Um, Dr. Kwasa, would you consider working with the EFF in Etekwini? Local government, as I said earlier on, is about basic services. It is the sum total of life. So, um, as, as, as my dear from, uh, from COPE is saying, you know, if, if they bring competent people, skilled people, rational people, mm. there is no reason why we shouldn't work with them. And with us as Action SA, we've had him and Mashaba leading a coalition in the city of Johannesburg. He worked with them very well, much to the, dis- much to the disgust of his former political party. They didn't like it, you know, so which is why their relationship eventually broke down. So I am saying to you, we know that they can select people who are capable if they choose to. So if they bring those people, we are not dealing ideology here. We're not going to be dealing with nationalization of the Reserve Bank, for goodness sake. We're just going to be dealing with water, sanitation, housing and those type of issues. Right. Practical stuff. Practical stuff. Yes. Uh, Pums, uh, are, you, are you decided yet? Because you said you've got a very good counselor in your area. And, and I wonder what would persuade people in Johannesburg and at Dekwini here, based on what these two candidates have said now. Is it going to be their practical delivery? Because we don't know until we see it, right? Is it going to be the promises they make? This is the awful position that you politicians are in. And I, I'm very mean about politicians usually. And I think... A lot of people have a minimum of trust in politicians because there's always overpromise and underdeliver. But, but in this case, what would persuade you, Pums? So, be, besides what would persuade me, what I'm very interested to hear from the ladies is what the feedback you get from the voters as you are out there campaigning. What is the feedback that you are getting in terms of are they even going to show up to vote? Hmm. That's a good point. Yeah. Well, I can shoot first if you right. want. Go you. for it, absolutely. Sure, Colleen. any one of you. Sure. Okay. Look, um, that's a very painful thing, you know, um, and I'm going to make an example again around Brownfontein, uh, where the youth are, and we've got a high percentage of youth, especially in Jobek. They do not want to go and vote. And uh, they are very despondent, they are in despair. It's almost like, ah, you know what, this thing of politics. Um, they are not making the connection between their issue and politic, between their ability to get a job and uh, the mayor and council that sits in their city. And I think that political education needs to be drilled down, you know, especially to the youth. I'm very, very uh, concerned, I must tell you, about the responses that we're getting from the youth. The older generation, you know, um, is more likely to go and vote because of where they have been, where they came from in the apartheid area. They still have the fresh memory of what it means to make a cause. It means your movement. It means your freedom. It means you can have a house. The youth are not able to make that connection yet, and I think it's the neglected part. But also because of the rot that they see, um, Gareth, you said it right, who trust politicians. Mm. And one of the things that we feel we bring to the table as candidates from COPE, we are not politi- I'm not a politician, and I don't have an ambition to be a politician. I'm somebody who's a professional, who's a corporate woman, who wants to make a difference in a political space. And I think that has to be clear. And if I cannot make that difference, 
I'll pack my bags tomorrow. I'll go get a job at Telcom and work there. So I'm not there as a career politician. I haven't been to a exile. I'm not a card-carrying member of, you know, a loyalist, etc. I'm a citizen of South Africa, and I'm saying that I see that there is a need to provide contributions and skills and guidance to, to the city of Jobek, and I feel for the pain of the youth especially, you know, and our elders who are sick and have no electricity. Some of people can't even write exams now because electricity is on and off. Yesterday we had to cancel a press briefing because half of the people were stuck in robots, etc. It was load shedding. What is that in Johannesburg? Yeah, yeah. and women to be the, 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 women to be the powerhouse, the engine of the continent. Uh, Dr. Koza, to Pumi's question about campaigning, are a lot of people saying they're just going to stay away, they're just not interested? Is it harder to convince people than ever because of the ANC and their track record? My response is similar to that of Colleen. However, in a technique, we have a different set of challenges. Um, violence and intimidation is a, are major factors that are a put off to people. As you know, just a few weeks ago, women went to, um, to in some ANC at BGM and they were going to finalize they are what candidate um, and, and, and people were simply shot randomly. Hmm. Three women lost their lives. Uh, and so many people are asking us questions, Dr. Kwasa, we want to vote for you, we know you in action. However, the problem that we have is that the ANC is going to rig elections. How are we going to deal with the fact that they have not even, the IEC has not put your name in the ballot paper? We want to vote for HNSA and not the local. So, so we have a lot of challenges, and um, the youth is not that much interested. We are seeing a lot of middle class being more interested in informal settlements who are living in appalling conditions. Mm-hmm. They are willing to take uh, their chance with new political parties because they are saying, we have been failed repeatedly and we want somebody new. And to me, that is very encouraging. Hence, we are offering ourselves, we offer ourselves, even though we know the risks that are there. You know, so that people at least they have alternatives. They are not stuck with the old that is not working. That's a very serious um, statement about the fact that there is intimidation at the... Do you think that there will be intimidation at the polls in KZN? In Etagwini, for instance, you've told us about people that have been killed, councillors that have been shot. Do you think that it's not safe for people to go out and vote? In what 79 in Umlazi, we've had a, a VD bent down. And we have even areas where we are told we can't go into those areas because um, they don't want they don't want any competition. They don't want anybody to come in. And I mean, if you understand how thankless this job is, I don't know how many times I've been chased, you know. And now I have to have a bodyguard. I don't like bodyguards, but I'm forced to campaign with bodyguards for fear of my life. So it's it's a very difficult environment that we are operating in in Etiquini. Wow, that is that's yeah. a you that's know, very serious. Yes, go for yeah. it. Yeah, you know we've had uh, we've got a mayor candidate in Ekuruleni who was also threatened and his children too. Um, like Mark was saying, he's had to get, you know, a protection bodyguard, and mainly because he was um, 
tweeting and on his social media, calling out things that are wrong within the municipality. And um, so the very same people in the governing party, you know, I, I'm, I'm, it's, it's allegations, of course, uh, we, we, mm. it's under investigations. You know, he received serious threats. Mm. So it's, 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 it's really, really serious. I haven't personally received that, but we know some of the councillors in our area as well who have to have special protection. Uh, can I just ask you both, because I'm not entirely sure where Action SA and COPE are campaigning. I'm now aware, obviously, in Johannesburg that you're the candidate, Colleen, and in Etequini, it's you, Dr. Koza. But where else in the country are Action SA focused, and where else in the country are COPE focused? Because you don't have the resources, maybe, that a huge, big party has to contest every ward in every municipality. So where are your main focuses, Colleen? Where, where are COPE most... most uh, where are they going to fight the hardest and where do they have a, a presence? Yeah. We are fighting the hardest in uh, Jobek, Ekuruleni, Swani, Men in Gauteng, and then also in Limpopo, that's an in area. So those are our key focus because we feel those are the um, areas that we have a, a lot of support and we can contest every ward. And because we feel that if we contest in that manner, we're able to get good numbers and make a difference. Right. There's no point to contest in other areas where you just get some small number and you you know you just have a seat but there's really not, no contribution that is um, uh, significant that mm. you can make so we focus our resources where we feel we can make a difference and and dr koza where is action sa besides herman in johannesburg and you in etequini well action sa nationally we are only contesting six municipalities and that strategy is working effectively for us because, I mean, last night I was on Vuma FM and, and uh, the anchor was asking me, where did you get all these resources from? You seem to have more posters, more, um, you know, promotional materials, more than anybody mm. else. And, and I think it was because we took the deliberate uh, decision of contesting the three metros in Joburg, one metro in Deben, and two other municipalities in Natal, and that is Newcastle, which is inland, and Guatugusa. And and I think it's 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 working very well for us. And I do think that it, it's going to create a very, very good base for us for 2024. And again, I do think that it is um, it's, it, you know, this thing of trying to spread yourself too much. All mm. other new political parties have tried that and it has failed. So we've learned from their own mistakes as well. So we decided to do it this manner so that it's, you know, we, we're offering people something new, but we are very focused. We, we are not going everywhere. And what about the issue of work? And jobs. We were talking a little bit earlier that even if you were to scrap the debt, one of the biggest problems that municipalities have all over the country is raising uh, sufficient income because people are not working, therefore people are not paying rates and taxes, people are unable to, to participate in the economy. What is, your, what is your plan, your strategy, your ideas around that? Well, in a Tegwini, it's very easy. In a Tegwini, for us, we think that we have not maximized the potential of tourism in that city. I mean, we have the beaches, we have everything there, but people do not actually understand that if you talk about the value of a thousand years, you are still talking about Etequini. If you're talking about Inanda Dam, you are talking about the 18 traditional leadership. And we do believe that those areas 
we can diversify our tourism products. And tourism is very, very labor intensive. If you package it correctly and you make sure that as the city you work with the private sector in terms of developing those tourism products, I believe you mean we will be able to absorb people, a lot of people where they live. Because this thing of people moving from their areas right to the city center is also a challenge that you, you have to manage. You can't stop it, but you have to manage it. And that is why we are focusing on diversification of tourism products in Etiquini. Yeah, I, I think that that's always the overwhelming problem across the country, but in metros especially, because that's why people gravitate to them. People come to Johannesburg mm-hmm. and to Durban for jobs. Um, and, and tourism may be a way of, of, of solving some of those problems, but we also need to work on industry and manufacturing and bring back jobs that we've lost to other parts of the world because we're not competitive. Of course, that's a, a national government issue, but, but there's stuff we can consider at the local level. You are absolutely right. At local government level, by the way, there is a lot that you can do. In fact, Chapter 7 of the Constitution is, is making it a, a, a manage of local government to stimulate local economic development. And I think we have forgotten about incentivizing, you know, um, businesses and making sure that we create a conducive environment for them. Like, for example, currently in Etequini, if you apply for a trading license, sense it takes forever to mm. get that yeah, and, and i think we are losing a lot of investment because of that but with us where we are standing now we are really going to work with sasria very very hard because a lot of businesses were touched during the uh, during that week of the uh, the 8th right. of july Meeting, yeah and, and we have to resuscitate those businesses and we have to make sure that we beat the business confidence so that the remaining of, of July. Those were obviously a big wake-up call to many people in South Africa. They were also a source of huge controversy for some. We know that um, communities and neighborhoods stood up for themselves. They stood together. There were many people who uh, who had to take matters into their own hands when it came to protection. And there's obviously been a, a lot of political fallout. I see people making huge noise about DA posters, but they're not addressing... <laughs> They're not addressing any of the uh, any of the issues that are actually going on between these communities, um, and it's fine to get cross of the DA, but it wasn't the DA that stoked these fires, and it wasn't. Uh, it was all inter intra ANC stuff that that caused all this trouble. I mean, somebody says here in the comments there was a big aggressive nighttime march in the Durban beachfront a while ago, uh, a week ago in fact, where people were bust in. I didn't see any media coverage, but I wouldn't want to contest Inanda. Is that also one of the areas that is of great concern, Dr. Kwaza? We are contesting all the 111 wards in Etiwini. <laughs> we nobody is going to take away our hard-fought right. And I'm very happy and I honor those who have decided to stand, you know, in those areas, some of those volatile areas. So, um, and but Garrett, I, I think you also have to be responsible here. You can't really be fueling racial tensions during an election campaign in particular. I mean, the truth is, even though we have not addressed the inequalities that continue to persist, the truth is the black Africans and Indian people have lived this side by side. Had the security class that I responded, there would not have been that massive looting 
and shooting. So I am saying for you as a political party to use that as a slogan, to me, I, I find it very destructive. I find it distasteful because you are really well intentions. We need to move on. As South Africans, we need to start seeing each other as South Africans so that we can build this country, so that we can develop more patriots, people who are ready to die for this country, who are ready to fix this country, will do whatever it takes to build this country. Hmm. I think uh, interesting points being made there. Uh, what, what do you guys think of, of the other small parties? I mean, there's some of them that you obviously are close to and that you've already worked with as Action SA and as COPE in different municipalities. But the, the IFP, the UDM, um, there, are, there are parties like the, the, the Freiheitsfront Plus, there are parties like the, the, the DA even. Are you happy to work with all of them or are there any no-nos there? Like you said, for example, that you're not going to work with the ANC in terms of coalitions. Are you happy to consider all the others, Dr. Koza? Well, uh, as I said, and, and Colleen, I think, puts it very well. If you have a capable uh, individual who is fit for purpose, mm. we are willing to work with you. And, and, and local government is about service delivery. I'll keep on laboring this point. If you have somebody, even if that person is coming from the ANC for that matter, if that person's attitude is that which is fit for purpose, that which is about people and not serving self, then we are going to work with those individuals. But at organizational level, no, no, no for the ANC because we are in this mess because of the fractional corruption-driven battles of the ANC. Mm. And, and Colleen, you agree? 100% I agree. And, you know, just to take it a, a, a bit further down, why we keep emphasizing on the right people? Because you, Pumi raised a good question. So how do you create jobs? You create jobs by attracting investors. Mm. Why do people invest? They invest because they see the who is driving that entity, the good governance within that. Any business person will tell you that when I do a business plan, I go and present, first and foremost, an investor wants to understand you, your vision, who are you. So if we are going to be creating jobs, building the economy, we have to have credible people at the front who are going to make certain commitments and be able to keep those commitments and attract the investors. And because it's only through investments that we can build those manufacturing uh, plants once again that you're talking about. We can then be able to revive some of these economies. We know Jobek as an example. Mining is declining, you know, we're not even going to go there. What else is there to then uh, bring Jobek up to its glory? We, we have to look at different sectors, whether small-scale manufacturing, we are looking at smart city uh, uh, concept using technology and, and uh, you know, fintech, etc., making Jobek again a, a that financial hub. But different technological ways, new ways of doing things, and that has to take a different caliber of leaders that think differently and that trust must be created with investors mm. and so we are very pedantic and we are very very uh, strong on that point the right people that will be able to conceptualize what we are talking about and be trustworthy reliable to the investors as well when we go and present the strategies because that has to be number one in order to create jobs well, listen, you've both um, you've woken up uh, many of us to some of the issues in your particular municipalities, and I'm looking forward to seeing you on the campaign trail. Is, is there a, a warm reception for you out there? Are people, are people excited to see you, or are they kind of, uh, ah, 
these politicians? Are they are they a little bit cynical? What's going on when you go and visit? Uh, when you go and campaign, Doctor Kwaza, are they happy to see you? You're a very you're a well known face in South Africa now. Well, with me, it's been uh, quite humbling. I mean, but at the same time, it's frightening because I think people have very very high expectations. And um, it's been a warm reception from all the different human race groups in Etewini, cultural groups, religious groupings. I mean, I have on average more than nine meetings in a day, on average nine meetings, because I'm working with different people. Everybody's coming on board. How can we help? You know, and um, yeah, I, I, I must say that it's been quite humbling. And South Africans never forget a person that has stood for them during the hardest of times. And I think I I'm lucky in the sense in that that uh, South Africans have not forgotten what I had done before for them. Mm. And what about you, Colleen? Getting a good reception? You know, our our reception is um, quite interesting on the ground, Gareth, because, um, you know, COPE, when it first started, it had over a million voters. There was an overwhelming love for COPE. People wanted this party to succeed. I was and one suddenly, of them once. Uh, I, 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 used to, I was one of those people, and I felt like I'd... I felt like I'd... I felt... Yeah, but it, listen, I, I, still have, I still have a lot of time for Monsieur Lecorta, uh, but yes. I, 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 felt, I felt like I'd wasted a vote that year. And, yeah. you know, there is the, the kind of reaction we're getting is people like you who are angry to say, you know, Cope, you've let us down. Where have you been? And now um, what happened? You know, you are supposed to do this and this. So now they are kind of, a, it's that mixture of anger and relief and they move them towards happiness to say, now you're here. Can can we redo this? Can we rebuild this thing? Can we do it right this time? You know, what have you changed that will ensure that, you know, um, our vote with you really means something in this city? So we, we are taking people from that kind of attitude of cope, you know, what happened to now, okay, we are running behind you. We're back Colleen, now. We are starting you to, know, to, to, to campaign with you. So we are, we, we, we're happy with that. I'm, I'm pleased to meet you for the first time on the show, but, but our audience, are, they ask tough questions. Lucky Matlapeng says, uh, the Joburg CBD belongs to non-South Africans. Do you agree with that? And what do you, what do you say to that? He's, he's, he's correct. And I addressed it yesterday in, in our media to say um, there is a lot of foreigners in Johannesburg. And um, I'm going to focus a little bit on CBD for now, but you must know, remember that foreigners are everywhere in Joburg, whether it's Santin, etc. But the issue is that the illegal foreigners that have come in there and they've hijacked uh, the buildings, they've mm. um, been a source of crime, etc. And we as COPE are very clear, and we made it clear yesterday in the media to say, we welcome foreigners. Jobek was built by the back of foreigners, migrants, and everybody. We welcome foreigners that are well documented, that have a reason to be here, that even have a refugee status that is well documented. But any foreigner that cannot answer to those questions, why they are here, why, why they are not properly documented, we do not want them in our city because then we can't track and trace them. I myself, I was educated in Malaysia. I was a foreigner in a country. I went there to get skills. I was treated with love, with respect. Mm -hmm. And I came, I'm, I've come back to South Africa and I'm contributing. We want foreigners to bring skills, bring investment, bring resources, etc. 
but let's do it. Let the rule of law apply. And we also are saying, in terms of South African policy, our bylaw will make sure that it will be the indigenous people first. When it comes to basic services, we have to prioritize our people. Any country in the world does that. Housing, our people first. Jobs, our people first. Opportunities, our people first. You know, basic services, our people first. Then foreign nationals can come in. But if we don't have that rule of law and that clear policy on how to handle foreign nationals, that's where the confusion comes yeah. and we're breeding hostility, violence, and all sorts of things that we don't want. We live in an international community, global world, 21st century. We can't do without foreigners, but we have to apply rule of law and proper policies that are clear and implemented. Well, that's all we've got time for, I'm afraid. Um, any parting shot from you, Dr. Koza? Uh, give us your last, uh, your last pitch on, on why the, the Action SA people are the best people in, in Ekuruleni. Well, first of oh, all, sorry, I must say that I Sorry, sorry. 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 <laughs> I'm yeah, almost no, no, giving no, you another award. Yes, thank you so much for collecting <laughs> yourself. <laughs> uh, first of all, let me say, Colleen, I love you so much. I wish you could join Action SA. But apart from that... <laughs> We would really, really work with the metropolis, reorientate the metropolis to start addressing the issues of these buildings that have been hijacked in a Tequini. And um, we'll work with Home Affairs as well to make sure that we actually deal with those illegal and undocumented immigrants. Honestly, guys, there is no country in the world that can compromise its sovereignty like the way we have done in South Africa. We even have sitting political parties who are saying get into South Africa and find creative ways of getting in. That's, that can't be right. We, we are not a banana republic. We want the rule of law. We are saying Etewini citizens first as Etewini municipality and we'll do everything that it takes to ensure that we introduce quality systems throughout the organization and make sure that every single citizen and businesses feel that they have something to contribute in building our Etewini, our Etewini city as well as cleaning up the Etewini municipality. It's so filthy. I just feel like going out there right now and picking up papers and all the ground that is there. <laughs> well, to, to close it off, Sean says, talk is cheap, doing is impressive. I wish you both luck so that we can see you doing and, 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 and get past the talking stage. But we'll only know about that in about 15 or 16 days' time. So thank you very much, Colleen. Yeah. Thank you very much, Makosi. And Pumi, any, any last word from you? Have, have either no, of them persuaded I think, you? I think that good luck is all I have to say. Very good. Thank you. Thank you. Thank Thanks you so much, Kara. Thank you, Pumi. Thank you, Makosi. I love you too. <laughs> All right, so we we may even have some people jumping ship here by the sound of things, but we'll see how that goes. <laughs> yeah. All right, thank you, everybody. Have an excellent Thursday. We will see you tomorrow at 6 a.m.